0: Ready. Welcome to episode 42 of the Go Get a Agility Podcast. My name is Margaret Hughes. I'm your host, along with my daughter, Emma Hughes. Hi Emma. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Are you stressed? A little bit. <laughs> so before we start this podcast, <laughs> I want everybody to know that the subject we're about to talk to talk about. We're not qualified to talk about it.
1: No, I we are not uh, qualified in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, we're not psychologists. We're not uh, any. No. A, yeah, we have. If
1: you're feeling pain. genuine, debilitating stress, maybe go seek other help.
0: We we are yes.
1: Then this free podcast. That's not funny, <laughs> I didn't mean to
0: laugh at that. I no, that wasn't I didn't funny mean at all. To say that, right? Uh, <laughs> so our our subject is stress and agility.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not stress in normal life, because we're definitely not qualified to talk about that. No. Uh, So. so, But I just wanted to uh,
0: um, talk about ways that we deal with our own stress or our own anxiety. Um, And then I wanted to talk about some stress signals uh, in in dogs. Yeah. Just a little bit. Right. Just so we can relate it back to agility. Right, um, but so when we when we talked when we discussed what subject to talk about, and the topic of stress came
1: up, you said, "What?" I said that I work better when I'm stressed. No, that's not what you said. Oh, what did you I say?
0: Said, you said, "If you can't handle stress, agility may
1: not be your dog sport." Right, if you're looking for a sport to do with your dog, um, call me. I think and I relax. think agility's whole point is stress, isn't it? Um, So maybe maybe try uh, barn hunt. I don't know. I I've never yeah, tried barn hunt. So I, I don't can... know many other. I mean, I know all about
0: the other dog sports, but I don't. I've never competed in other dog sports. Well, I, I competed in competitive obedience way back in the nineties. Yeah, but I back haven't. The, day. the only thing I compete in now is agility and I
1: did 4-H obedience and it was stressful
0: <laughs> oh yeah and
1: you did 4-H confirmation as well yeah that doesn't particularly count well confirmation you know it's kind of freeing confirmation because I knew we went really like Millie was never gorgeous right so well she was but not right, to but the shelter standards 4-H
0: confirmation. yeah but
1: my point is like I didn't care about confirmation so I didn't really care how we did I mean I tried But it wasn't like, oh God, if I don't get this, I'm going to, I'm going to be really sad. Actually, I take it back. I was stressed about her teeth because Millie at the time um, had her teeth removed and she was Okay, she was pain free, but um you have to show the teeth in, in confirmation. And every time uh, the judges would look at a little 13 year old girl and they'd be like, Okay, show your dog's bite. And I'd be like, Oh, no, thank you. She doesn't like her mouth being touched. And they'd be like, No, show your dog's bite. Every single year, every year, without fail, they'd be like, yeah, okay, No, you should do this. And oh, I'm right. like, Guys, can't you just say, Can't you just be okay with me not showing that? I'm like, I'm, I get it. I'm going to get five points off. I understand. Okay, so this. I was stressed you- about that. So, how did you deal with that stress? I just kind of I knew it was coming um every year. So I would just say no thank you and they'd say, okay, so sure, your dog's fine and say no thank you. And I would just kind of get into this gutter gut, you know, I'd get into this rudder. Uh oh my gosh, I can't say it. I would get into this gutter of no thank you. No thank you. No thank you. And I just wouldn't do it until they were like, okay, then you're gonna get points off. And I was like, yep, I know. Thanks. That's really hard to do a child to an adult. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of them thought that Amelia was just being a brat. They're like, oh, well, your dog's just being, you know, annoying. So make her show her bite. And I was like, no, she literally thinks I'm going to kill her. Right. Or they thought she was untrained.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So that's interesting. So you just you just set your mind. This is going to happen. Yeah. And dealt with it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that that's a brilliant strategy. Because you wanted to do 4-H, so the choice that you had at the time was know that it's coming, accept it, try and hold your ground with an adult judge. Which is hard as a (laughs) 13-year-old. Yeah. Get points taken off. Your other option then was to not do it at all.
1: Right. Right? right. You had to do confirmation in order to do agility. Yeah. Right. It was required. Yeah, it was required. And
0: so that's an interesting
1: uh, strategy that that you that helped you survive. But you know what helped with the stress, though, is I knew that she'd be fine in every other aspect of confirmation. Right. I knew that the bite was the only thing that she would get points off on or you know, she. I mean, I don't know what I would do, but, right. the points were um, of you but she had a good was... stack. Right. She had a good she had a good. And so I knew though that she was okay in other aspects that I could control. I couldn't control her mouth, but I can control everything else. Right. And and let's just be uh clear here
0: that in 4-H, it's the child that's being judged, not Yes. The...
1: Yeah, right. or how the dog is trained, not how pretty they are. Right. So it's it's
0: showmanship versus yeah. confirmation. Right. And in 4-H rules, you were required to do showmanship in order to um, participate in agility right first uh, i think that was at the local level at the uh, yes county level and then yes. also at the state level
1: yeah i remember doing right. right. showmanship so when at you state. went
0: to state down in Puyallup at the state fair you had to also do confirmation the morning of right and then you guys all sat around
1: for the ability to do agility at night Right. The sacrifices I had to make <laughs> Well, really was so good, too.
0: I, I kind of forgot all about that scenario, because when we're looking at dealing with stress. I really like your it, it, I know it's coming and I'm I, I want it. I want you wanted agility bad enough
1: that yeah. you just dealt with it. Well, I also want to protect my dog. Right. I was like, she thinks that she's going to be hurt, So I'm not going to make her do something. Um, Cause I, I don't know. It's, I didn't care about showmanship. Okay. That's not true. I cared about showmanship. I love the ribbons. I loved the, you know, I loved the pomp and you ceremony. i still have the dog in
0: your room. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know. Yeah. I still have the ribbons hung up. So I love showmanship, but I loved agility more. And so I was like, yep. Okay. And I, don't and I love my dog more than all of that. So well, it's and like, that yeah, was just I it, can't. is
0: I know that at the time you had tried to work her mouth. You would, yeah, and it didn't hurt her. I, she just didn't like it. Right. And let's just clarify that Millie had Millie had multiple episodes of dental issues over the years. Right. And so bad that in the middle of the weeple's, now this was a very strong pull dog. And in the middle of the weeple's, she stopped doing them. I remember, yeah. I remember the day she yeah, did she, that, yeah. Like, I remember what? we had Argus. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, I remember looking at you and I said, Em, something's up with her. That is yeah. not normal for her to stop. Something's up with her. And so she had this strong, long history of dentals. She had three surgeries where she had multiple teeth
1: removed.
0: Yeah. And, and in the end, by the time that she was, I think nine. Maybe, yeah.
1: Maybe I 10, remember 4-H came after all the teeth stuff. I remember she was dumb. She only had four teeth when we started four H. I remember that. Okay, so she yeah, because I'm um, yeah, and I remember them ha- handing me a piece
0: of fabric. And they handed me a piece, and they're like, "We don't know what this is from." Oh, from her mouth? mouth? Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. it was during one of her dentals. They handed me this piece of fabric, and I was so embarrassed. I knew exactly where it came from. It came from the back of your dad's hat. <laughs> that's right. And, that's right. And she had chewed that up when she was like six months old right? right so here it we are in
1: her mouth for,
0: oh, for so six gross. years yeah
1: for for six so, years. Gross.
0: I, so gross so gross it was and apparently it was wrapped around her back one of her back molars right which oh, totally makes sense yeah and so yeah so okay so that's really interesting though that you took the stress you dealt with it and you yeah. you knew the outcome that was coming and so then you right. just
1: i think up. it was Oh, sorry. You keep breaking up, so I keep thinking you're pausing. Say that again.
0: Well, I was just going to say you somehow in your head you you compartmentalize your strategy to deal with not
1: having to show her teeth,
0: right? And in the end, it worked out fine for you.
1: Yeah, right. Right? You got. But also, I think like you said, though it's the same every time, and I think that helped a lot too. I knew that they were gonna that the judges were gonna think you know something was up, and I knew exactly you know, what the deal, I knew every time they'd be like, no, 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 show the bite," and I'd be like, no, thank you, and it would go on, back and forth, Millie's, like, stood between us on this table, like, three feet in the air, like, hey, guys, what's going on? Right. Um. So, yeah, but it's, it's the same in agility, though, right? Like, you walk in, and you know what might go right, what might go wrong. You know. Maybe, though,
0: maybe because I think that sometimes, sometimes you'll see the preview in practice, right? Like, you'll see, like, if you try a strategy and you struggle with blinds in practice sure then, yeah you you may struggle with blinds in a trial right or if your dog sniffs in practice they will probably sniff at a trial right because right. everything when we talk about stress the stress that a dog feels oh, or that man. a dog that a dog is exposed to yeah it's big at a trial it's massive and it takes it takes some time for dogs to get the groove. just like it does the very first agility class you ever attend it generally feels chaotic to everybody it doesn't feel chaotic to me anymore because i know that it takes a while for dogs to come in look around get a feel for the other dogs in the class and if any dog in the class is highly stressed and reactive, then all the dogs take notice, and all the handlers yeah. generally take notice, right? But I can tell, even if, even if the very first class feels chaotic to handlers, I as an instructor, with the knowledge that I've had of multiple first day classes now, Know when a class is going to mesh nicely and when it's not, right? Like, okay, I can tell that this could potentially be a stressful class for this dog for a while. And so, having that hindsight, what do you call it, schema? Having having that schema gives me the ability to handle whatever stress first day class sends me. Whereas, Somebody out of the gate doesn't have that, right? Somebody coming right. to an agility class for the very first time ever, novice A dog, novice A handler, they don't have that schema of how the stress will subside.
1: Right. And once you do have that schema, it becomes the most brilliant sport in the world, right? But it's getting over that hurdle. And you, you need that schema to continue on. Um, because it's, and it's, it's the same with, with class. Then it's the same with teaching the obstacles. Then it's the same with actually running a course. Then it's the same with trial environments. And I think trial environment environments, particularly once you know how it goes and you know, once you get out of the groove of, Oh, I'm not sure about this. Or once you know how it's going to go and you've accepted it and you're okay with it. That's the other part is being okay with how things are going to go it becomes easier. I wouldn't say it becomes stressless, but it becomes easier.
0: Correct. Right. And you said something when we go back to the 4-H discussion, you said something about the showmanship judge, you didn't care of the outcome. Now you did have a little bit of caring, right? But you... Yeah, I remember I
1: cried once when one yelled at me. So yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you knew that you're going to get points deducted. Yeah. And so you were okay with that. And I think that that may be a key element in dealing with a known
1: stress in your own team. Sure. Yeah. And and it it was also nobody else depended on me. Right. So if I went down, it wasn't like my, you know, buddy next to me was going to get penalized as well. So that was okay too. I knew that me being alone and going down in this little showmanship like you know weird points off thing that was just me and i knew that if it affected everybody in our little group i think i would have stressed out a lot more but that's but agility once again is just you and the dog right and so stress is only going to affect you and your dog it's only going to affect your team
0: right but, so, so yeah. what i was what i was trying to uh, make the comparison of is that you didn't care about the showmanship point deduction you knew it was coming and you dealt with it and i think that that may be a key element if a team has a known difficult part coming up in a in agility course as long you know you keep practicing right you keep trying to train towards ideal but until you're at ideal and until your dog has adapted to ideal maybe not caring is a yeah. ticket is a ticket to feeling good by attending the trial anyway right yeah right That yeah. and a lot of people a lot of people characterize it as as long as you're having fun and yeah. i gotta say i gotta say that that
1: I, People say I got, that, all the time and I think they're faking themselves out. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're dead on the money. I do, I, because
0: I, I think that you can have fun when you know that you've got some of it right. Right. right? Yeah. If the whole yeah. ship goes down and nothing went right whatsoever,
1: I think a lot of people quit. Yeah. And it's okay to be sad about that. You know, I think forced, because wasn't that, I'm going to quote Ted Lasso, right? That was Ted Lasso's whole thing is that his forced happiness almost ruined the team, right? It almost destroyed his personal relationships. And obviously that's Ted Lasso, but I think that forcing yourself to be happy in a high stress environment like agility, you're not letting yourself feel anything. Hmm, Cause you're not feeling happy. Are you really?
0: Right, not unless you can pull out all the good that does come out of a run. Yeah, because there must be something. There always is something that's good. Right, Yeah, and I said this to a student the other day. I said, you know, if there's 14 obstacles on course and your dog messed up on one of those or you messed up on one of those, that's 12 out of the 14 you got right together. Yeah, yeah. Right. 100%. So maybe it was a handling move that caused an error or maybe it was distraction of the dog that caused an error or yeah. lack of training. Lack of training is the hardest one, I think. Cause, <laughs> yeah, like, I think so. I got to get back in there and train that. But it's also the one that's the most exhilarating for me. because oh, I, know I, can, I know I can train towards
1: correct. Right. right? right. So, and when it does go right, you're like, yes. Yeah. 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 I I have a question for you oh
0: what was it well I just wanted to say one more thing I and I mentioned this in uh, probably several podcasts but I know I've mentioned it prior is where you were saying that forced happiness with Ted Lasso is I still to this day regard it, it doesn't even matter if it's agility scenario or not but when I'm feeling anxious when I feel like I keep it, something just keeps going back in my brain, back in my brain, back in my brain. I'll wake up for it. Um, first thing in the morning, I'll think about the either the person or the the scenario. And two things, two things help me. If I wake up thinking about something, I almost always want to write it down. Right. And, oh, and yeah. sometimes I'll write an email and never send it. Right. Like right. I have just feelings about some subject that went down and I'll spit it out there write it down i'll usually throw it by you or i'll throw it by somebody uh you know in our family and i'll say what do you think of this and generally the subject is go ahead and delete that (laughs) right which i'd say a good chunk of the time i do so that's one way that i deal with my stress or my anxiety uh the other way that i deal with my more my anxiety than I see it more as anxiety than I do stress. And that is the the, the projected thinking of what's going to happen in the future. And so this forced happiness, you know, I want sometimes to force myself into happiness because there are times when I get into work mode. Like, I'll give you an example. All of my students showed up for the very first class. We had six weeks off, I think, over winter with snow and rain and the holidays. So we were like six weeks without seeing each other. And my very first class came in and I immediately went into agility, not welcome to 2024. Welcome back. Hey, great to see you. We might have some new faces joining us. No, it was immediate. Go ahead and walk the course, guys
1: that's great that's, great. Great. that's so, so you oh, like, my oh my God. gosh
0: margaret chill the f out and so <laughs> oh, dude, you know i so immediately I, well i didn't immediately it was probably a good five minutes and they're all walking the course walking the course all of a sudden they're <laughs> like yeah okay this is normal oh my gosh i didn't say hello i didn't <laughs> say welcome back i didn't say <laughs> anything like that and i apologize to them, right i just up front yeah i'm a dork and that's my dealing with with just my forward thinking of I, I get so m- marked on what I want to work on that all of my kindness goes right out the window sometimes.
1: Sure, right? that's it,
0: funny. It's that it's that um, what's what's the word you know work face or some people call it bitch face,
1: right? Oh, that's, that's right. I was thinking my, about that today actually. <laughs> I, I think there's another word for it. Um, yeah,
0: but. Sometimes when I feel myself going into that mode, then I do want to force happiness. And what I do is 30 solid seconds of some of the hardest smiling I can do.
1: That's, yeah, that's always been a good one. And
0: it just changes my mood. It changes my, and it's, I think it is forced happiness. I mean, they have done studies where it changes your brain chemical throws in you know the happy endorphins around in your brain
1: yeah
0: i'm not opposed to forced happiness no but i don't want it to be a fake happiness either
1: i think if it's a crutch it's not great but um i also do think that surrounding yourself with people that you know will support you is good too because i think that um only recently really have we gotten a little group in agility well you I mean we've always been friends with many 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 people in agility for years but um now that you've got students it's actually helped me and I know that they're not my students but it's like okay um I've just run and if it was a really bad run I can distract myself with oh okay well let's go see how you know so and so's doing
0: right um
1: and I think that that's it's you know it comes with friends it comes with students it comes with you know colleagues and you kind of understand why people have clicks and agility then because you kind of can okay deal with the stress together um and i really thinking back before you really started teaching again it was just us two really Mm -hmm. consistently i mean obviously we have friends like i said but it was just us two and I don't know. I mean, I think we work well together in agility at trials. Love it, miss it, love it. Yeah, but I think that the way that we handle stress, it's easier for us because I've literally known you my entire life. You birthed me, so it's easier. But it's hard for you to find friends if you don't have a connection like we do. Um, Yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard to find people to relieve that stress. Yeah,
0: but I and I don't think that you need to be like buddy buddy with everybody no 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 no. to have the ability to relieve your stress and in fact i think sometimes people seek out easier options oh yeah right because they don't like uh to kind of see
1: See the mirror, right? See, see, right, 100%. And I'm not saying that you have to have friends and agility because obviously we didn't for, okay, well, we did, but you know what I mean. Um, I'm just saying that if there is somebody who you're like, yeah, I kind of want to be friends with you, it's okay. You can be friends with them, you know, it's not a dog eat dog world, right? uh, Pun intended. You also don't have to be best friends with them. No, exactly. You don't have to
0: be, you know, I have a couple, I had a couple of students that got upset with other competitors because they weren't friendly with them right, right. and that's and their version not of friendly, friendly really right that's their version yeah. of what friendly looks to them right yeah and sometimes people are genuinely genuinely not outgoing right and that's no, not, i know i'm not that's not a bad thing you can sit next to them and they won't spark huh. up a conversation with you but they're totally pleasant right yeah. they just aren't what, what do you call it yeah. a middler. They aren't a Yeah, they're not a middler, as Larry David would say. A middler is somebody that you put in the middle of a dinner table that keeps the conversation going. Yeah, I'm not a middler. You're not a I'm I'm a little bit of a You're a middler.
1: You're a a selective.
0: I'm a selective middler. I don't I don't like to converse with everybody. No, but you're good
1: at it, I think. But I
0: if somebody yeah. starts conversing with me,
1: I, I, I
0: there have been times I'm like, yeah, you kind of bug me. I don't. I'm gonna shut this down. <laughs> but yeah. there are other times that I'm totally
1: open. Yeah, and and, and again, it you know, on your own day. what college? Oh, sorry, you keep breaking up. Um, you know what college has taught me is that I'm not a middler. I've been asked more times at parties, not parties, but like you know, social gatherings. Oh my god, are you okay? I at least at what least yeah I and I'm having like the time of my life you know I'm like this is so much fun and oh my god are you okay I've been asked so many times and I've been asked it at trials too I vaguely remember at a UKI trial I was the first dog on the line and I was just chilling I was with Dart I was confident on the course and we'd done really 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 well we had gotten the buy to the U.S. Open I was so excited I was like yes nice awesome you know this next course is going to be so much fun we don't really have a lot on the line and I remember the judge came up to me she's like. Wow, you got your game face on. Yeah, I was like, face. "What?" And she, and that was a very nice term for you. Look like you're going to murder somebody. Um, and I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" She's like, "Oh, I could see you across the room. Your face was just like like stone." Right. I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, "Yeah, it is," and I realized that I'm a very unapproachable looking person, and I don't mean her that. if you ever see me at a trial, you can come up to me. It's okay, it's okay right, um, right. even if I look like very angry, I, I'm okay, I promise. yeah, um, right. So my point being is that sometimes pe- looks can be deceiving, you know agility people tend to be very stony faced, I think, um, but, even though most of them are not.
0: And as much as the competitive uh, aspect and class can be a very social event. Agility really is a personal journey with your your individual dog. 100%. Yeah. Right? I mean, I've done 95% of my own training all by myself, me and Eli, nobody else. Yeah. And it's solitary, right? Yeah.
1: And I do love- Well, it feels weird when somebody's with you, doesn't it?
0: It feels- Well, somebody asked me when I plan on uh, debuting Eli. Oh,
1: the boy. Interesting. And I
0: said to- john uh yesterday or the day before i said i'm a little stressed about it and and it's or anxious about it and it's not that i'm anxious about his training it's not i I really love what he's done and even if everything goes sideways he's an awesome dog his effort he's a good boy his effort is incredible it's knowing that because I've been in the public with the podcast, with the videos, with my sure. own group classes, I in general, there's probably going to be more people watching than somebody that's an unknown. Right? Yeah, and Yeah. Good or bad, good or bad, you know, people want to know, are you going to go down in flames? Or are you going right. to run I, to the top of the cream of the cup? Yeah. Yeah, and and, it's, and, I, it's,
1: and we do it with other people too, don't we? I mean, like the big EO people that we see. Yeah, at sure, Charles, sure, I always yeah. watch them and if they're is, if they're around. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll watch yeah. you.
0: And here's the thing, though, is that with debut dogs, generally you're somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Mean, generally, you yeah. don't crash and burn, right? And no. things just go completely sideways because usually you have some idea. Your training's good. You've been doing good in class yeah. or whatever. Um, but the chances of getting a clean run on your first debut out there is possible.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. the
1: odds are against you. Right. And it's okay if you don't.
0: Um, it, well, that's the whole point it. of
1: novice. But I, I remember um, i very, very, very vividly. I won't say who it is, but there's a very prolific um, agility handler in our area. She's very successful, very good handler. I've um, been on the world team many times. Um, And I remember she had a puppy, uh, I think he was like two years old, so a baby, baby, baby. And this dog destroyed the course. I mean, she beautiful, beautiful run, but just couldn't keep bars up. And I remember I was bar setting, and uh, that dog was the very last dog to run, and I walked out of the arena, and I can't remember who said it, but somebody was like, ooh, that dog isn't like her other ones. And that dog now is probably six, five or six, and it is one of the best dogs I've ever seen you know one of the best border collies I've ever seen in my life and you can't judge a dog on its first trial hmm. right I remember saying, oh that dog's not like her other ones in a, like a derogatory way oh interesting um all right so Jinx didn't sure. cue on this first trial what Jinx didn't cue
0: that was stressful Jinx was stressful oh there. Jinx did not cue not even close
1: no. He was stressful. Back. I will give him that. He was not fun in the beginning, no, trial-wise. I mean, he's a great dog, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, but we just kept plugging away, kept trying, kept
1: going. But back we knew to it, right? It, it, decre- it decreased the stress because we knew he'd take a lap around the ring, then he'd run. Right. And so when you know the pattern.
0: Yeah, and better. we worked really hard to identify the problem and then yeah. train towards our ideal. And yeah. our strategy worked. It, yeah. it, it took a, um, a few rounds for him to... His biggest thing was he would search for whoever wasn't with him.
1: So right. It had to be I, all three
0: of us, didn't it? Yeah. So if I it was, was really... running him, he'd search for you. And if you and were Dad. running him, he'd yeah. search for me. And then if John came to the trial with us, he'd yeah. search for John. Well, we figured that out. We figured out that this is a searching problem. He wasn't, he was stressing, so therefore he's searching, right? Exactly. And so we figured out that it was, it was searching that relieved his stress and then he could run with us. And so we ended up, once we identified the problem, then we worked towards him. The first thing we did was jinx. Here we all are. This is where everybody is before, as he went into the ring. Right. Right? So we were ringside at the entry gate as we walked in. And we didn't move
1: (laughs) until (laughs) he was at the exit gate. Yeah, that is. Let me interject real quick. That is one of my biggest things. Is when dogs search for their, you know, if you're a couple, right, and your your dog searches for your spouse, that is one of the biggest things. Is don't hide because they'll they'll know they'll know they can smell you in the air. They know that you're there. So hiding doesn't really do anything. You may as well you may as well just sit by ringside, Say, yep, yeah, here's mom. Here's dad. Here's your parent. You know, whatever. This is where they are now. Go. Yeah, and and I. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hiding
0: I think is one of the worst things that people can do. And if you're if you're gonna hide in the building, it, it works if the dog really thinks that you're gone. Right. Yeah. That's really the only time that it works. So you really literally have to sit in the car until the last minute, but if the dog gets a whiff of you, forget it. It's over. Yeah. So, yeah, personally, stand ringside, shoot the dog back in, say they're right there. And yeah. I think it probably took, I don't remember exactly how long it took for Jinx to take all that stress and stop worrying about, I mean, maybe just the training helped him, right? The training helped him, the trialing helped him, knowing where we were helped him, and then all of a sudden, it was no problem, we didn't have to be near him anymore.
1: Right. right? And yes. we just kept trying. How about now? Do you need to have us now? Nope. Yeah. He still needs us. And then yeah. we But and- you want to know... That was stressful for me. I didn't run him because I was 13 years old. Okay, maybe. I was 11 years old, and 11-year-olds are very embarrassed about everything they do. 11-year-olds are embarrassed about walking down the street, and I didn't run him because I was embarrassed, and that's stress, and I and I feel bad about that now, right, because it's in the big scheme of things. It's like, who cares? Who cares you if you dog not you? dealt with your stress
0: you. with, with
1: Millie differently. Maybe because yeah. you really
0: hated me running Millie.
1: Uh, well, yeah, you that's, that's called right that's called a red flag right there. That's called being possessive. That's something I need to work on. So on one, um, hand, you completely, <laughs> but... on one hand, you completely avoided the stress by not participating. Exactly. So that's a poor stress tactic, I think. But I did do it.
0: Well, I don't know if it's poor. You eventually
1: got over it. You eventually ran him. Yeah, because I knew that he wouldn't leave me. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, I think you're right that you have to want. So, like Millie and Dot, I want to. I would rather be embarrassed with them because I want them both of them so bad that I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just deal with it, right? Whereas Jinx was always a family dog, and so I knew that if I turned around and said, Mom, I don't want to run him, will you run him? You would say yes. But I know if I turn around and said, I don't want to run Dot, you'd be like, What are you talking about? It's yeah. your dog. Um, and I'm not saying that you cause stress. I'm just, I, my want to run the dog was so powerful. Right, well, I'm so proud of Dottie. I so badly wanted her to do well.
0: I know it's not the easiest thing not to care about cues. I know it's not. Easy. Oh, right. It's because so we all hard. want a cue. And
1: it's you're so putting money out
0: there. You're paying for that cue. Right. Yeah. And you're also paying for the embarrassment of whatever you feel. Right, and things go back. You know, yeah. People say a hot mess, or everything went wrong. And my my suggestion is, video everything. Get used to watching yourself. Get you so video all your practice so that you can see what all you did do right. Right. Stop focusing on all the things that you did wrong. However, go train it keep right training it keep talking to yourself and telling yourself what to do when find strategies on how to handle clean the handling up get mm. your handling keep working towards better and better handling because i really think outside of skills training handling training is absolutely number 1 clean it up yeah. and things really skills yeah Then handling skills, right? Handling, then skills. Right? Both you have to have both of them. You have to have both of them. Dog has to control the thing. Dog has to know their job. Handler has to know their job.
1: Control the things that you can control and that'll lower your stress. Right. You can't control the weather. You can't control if it's pouring down at a trial, but you can control how you react to, you know, the dogs barking next to you. Yeah whatever causes you stress, you can train your dog as a, that's a reaction. I feel like that is something that a lot of people um, at trials, you know, if it goes bad and they're like, Oh man, you know, I just, I don't know how to deal with this. And I think sitting yourself down and saying, yeah, I'm going to train this. I'm going to train myself out of this. I think that's a reaction you're allowed to have. I think that's a reaction you're supposed to have.
0: So tell me this then with, uh, with we know that agility, Trialing is stressful. We know that training dogs can be stressful, right? Just the le- dogs are stressful. <laughs> learning the game of agility can
1: be very, very stressful. Why do people like it? Because I think I once said this to you. I said watching Dottie get a verbal correctly is better than crack cocaine. Um, now, I've never been on any drugs whatsoever, but I would imagine <laughs> that it's the same. Yeah. So, um, people- it's that feeling that when you do get it right, it's, it's, just addicting. It really is. If I, if I had all the money in the world, I'd never be away from trialing. Cause I like genuinely, it's kind of like, you know, when people are like, Oh, well, you know, why do you, why do people race cars? Why do people jump? You know, why do people go skydiving? Why do people do bungee jumping? Yeah, and it's those just really like, extreme. Those are, those are really extreme examples. Yeah. But I think, but the payout of, endorphin of you know positive endorphins is like insane and i think that agility is the same obviously on a smaller level but it's like i don't know okay it, i it, i think i have a i think i have a reason
0: it's when things do go right the, the 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 satisfaction that the handler gets is definitely exhilarating yeah but there's also the look on the dog's face oh it's so cute they get when you tell them that they get something right right it's addicting like i did i did a run with eli today and he he did awesome and i'm like that was it buddy that was it
1: and he was just
0: gleeful right yeah running and going grabbing his ball and he's like and he's prancing around like i'm the best dog in the whole world and I'm telling yeah. him he's the best dog in the whole world and and it just felt wonderful and to be able to do that for me under pressure I don't think he'll care. Yeah right he care about the stress of the environment right he totally may care about the stress of the environment but I think that the pure satisfaction that I show him right so he could knock every bar if I was like that was
1: it dear. <laughs>
0: he'd be like yeah man we're so cool
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and so and so when things are going sideways on the dog i'm not saying praise knock bars i'm not saying praise wrong courses or whatever but at the end of the day it's your choice to go in the ring it's not the dogs train the skills and tell them they're the best regardless yeah of
1: down Right, yeah, oh, I was gonna come back with like a much less wholesome <laughs> um, <laughs> um I think it's instant gratification as well. It's 30 seconds, right? It is so fast. And so it could either be the best 30 seconds of your life or it's the worst, right? And if it's the worst, it's only 30 seconds. Who cares, right? That is such an insignificant amount of time. But I I know, I, I genuinely think, this is kind of a getting onto a darker topic, but I genuinely think that I, like, I know that I can't smoke cigarettes because I know that I'll get addicted to it. Like, I know I will. I'm that kind of person. And I think that it's the same with agility where it's like, it's, it's, it's so fast, right? I know at the, at, it's only 30 seconds. I only have to be stressful for 30 seconds. And then I'm like, yes, it's going to happen. If I get a cue, I'm going to feel good. And it's so instant. Right. And I, and I know maybe if I had been brought up in confirmation or, or obedience, I'd think differently, but I always remember in 4-H being like, oh my gosh, this is so long. There's like three dogs in front of us and we have to sit in this ring for uh, this seven gone. minutes and, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe longer, 20 minutes and oh man, I'm like oh, we have to sit in this pose for 20 minutes. I can't believe this. Whereas agility, it's like okay, 30 seconds, you're on. Okay, and I love the buildup. I love like sitting outside the ring, just like buzzing. I love that. I love like the the you know. I freak myself out sometimes on purpose because I like that. Really? Um, I mean, I, I do have butterflies, but I don't. So I don't crave the
0: butterflies. I do acknowledge them. I do acknowledge when I feel myself. Going in the anxiety realm. But I don't know. Maybe I enjoy the relief of the anxiety. Like it's over. Yeah, I think that's what it is for me. It's over. It's It's said and done. Yeah. I can cry about it if it was bad, or I can just accept it and move on and go for the next. I do have a built in forgetter. So I almost instantly forget non, um, runs that don't mean a whole lot right they don't have any huge significance um so i think and and i've had that all my life that isn't right a new thing for me uh so i just wanted to comment really quick before we completely end here is i just wanted to acknowledge some of the stress factors in dogs because i do think i I mentioned yeah A couple podcasts ago, I do think it's really important that we acknowledge and recognize when dogs are stressed, and know that the compound stress that they feel, it doesn't make things better. They don't cope with stress like we cope with stress, so they can very easily sensitize to their stress factors, meaning that it's going to get worse. Um. If, if it's not addressed, if it's not brought to them piecemeal um, or or dealt with in a behavioral sense. So I just wanted to acknowledge some of the stress factors and I, I probably won't list them all. I'll anyway, uh, but yawning is definitely one.
1: Shaking oh, huge.
0: Off, shaking their whole body. They shake when they are stressed they shake to calm other dogs or other people um they'll avert their gaze right they'll just like
1: look away from whatever is stressing them that's a real you can see it a lot with food if you put food on the ground and say don't yeah, touch was, this they just, won't look at it I was just going gonna
0: a leave a cue is a real good example of, of avoidance behavior right they'll avert
1: their eyes to leave it. Yeah. But if you also, let me just real quickly, if you want to see if you're like shaking, I've never seen my dog do that. If you pick up your dog, if it's a small dog, if you pick up your dog, carry them into the ring, set them down, and you're videoing it, you'll see them shake you off. Dottie does it to me every time.
0: Right. Yeah. We're not talking about quivering. We're talking about like when they're wet yeah. from a bath and they shake all the water off. Yeah. They'll literally shake the stress off. And yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some uh, verbiage out there that they're shaking to re- to calm themselves and then others say that they're shaking to calm others around them. So not only dogs, right. you'll see dogs shake to each other, um, but also dog to human. Uh, and that is a huge, a really, really common one on the start line. Leash comes off, dog shakes. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, so if you know that you have a known shaker... I encourage you to put it on cue and (laughs) let them shake, right? If you really leash sit down and they need that stress relief, then by putting them in a sit stay, they want to shake before they want to jump. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes just letting them shake. some, Some will shake on leash, but most shake off leash. So as soon as they're off leash, Teaching them to shake and then sit might be better. Maybe uh, sniffing definitely is a big, yeah, one. big one. big, big, big stress uh, indicator. Yeah, panting. Uh,
1: um, and, jumping and it's not on like panting be
0: a stress indicator. Huh? Running, oh, people, yeah,
1: jumping on them. Yeah. What else? Um, I said panting, but not like um, there's a you, there's a difference between exertion and panting. And stress panting, stress panting is like their tongues like barely out and they're just like, <laughs> like, it's a very like, like, if you're feeling stressed, it's like hyper- it's kind of a visualization of how you feel. Basically, if you were a dog, what would you look like when you're stressed? And that's Ooh, like, kind of what it looks like. like. Like hyperventilating. Yeah, yeah. And they just kind of like, you can see it um, and they will f- refuse to drink water. Uh, they might not eat. Yeah. Oh, if they're not eating,
0: non-eaters, dogs that normally eat, if they stop eating, that is way over threshold. That's
1: overstimulation. Oh,
0: that is high, high,
1: high stress. That's like you shouldn't be making your dog do this, right? Shaking off, right? Shaking off. Dottie's done it for six years, right? And she's been fine. If she wasn't eating, that's that's bad. That's not good. That's that's too stressful.
0: Yeah. If you go to a trial and your dog stops eating you've got high stress encourage you to rethink the whole um approach of getting them to trial because you've got bigger fish to fry than jump cues yeah uh what else um i mean there's a load you can go read um turrid rugas's calming signals she she gets them all out there uh, but it's you know you watch for them in other dogs watch them for them in your own dog video because sometimes they do it when our backs are turned. Eli's a yeah. big fan of that when I start looking around he stress yawns. Oh really? Oh yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I have a oh, question. Well, the other stress
0: that he does his big stressor is he does a cheek puff. So yeah, he does, and he's he cute. Not, cute so it's eight but, weeks. Yeah. Yeah, he does a cheek puff, um, but yeah. his is stress yawning. Um, did he shake me off today?
1: He shakes me off all the time,
0: but that's because I'm really
1: grabby with him.
0: When he's really aroused and like overstimulated on the toy, and then you try and pet him. (laughs) Yeah. He'll shake you off after pet. Yeah. And some dogs stress up. So that would be an, a, a, a example of stressing up. And then other dogs stress down the sniffing, right? Zoomies. Zoomies is a stress Oh, Zoomies is a big one. So they're stressing up. You know, zoomies running around. Um, Yeah. So so stressing up, stressing down. Jess Martin makes a really good analogy of thinking of dog stress like a rubber band. Right. And you can stretch them out so far. But if you stress them to the point where you, the band snaps, then. All this di- displacement behavior starts to emerge, the the running off, the sniffing, the zoomies, all of that. So trying to keep that rubber band from stretching out and some coping mechanisms, it's just a one and done. They can keep going. Right. Like Jinx's stress of going and finding somebody and then he could run. That is completely different than I got to get the zoomies out um, oh, you know, for two minutes. Right. So there's a duration of stress that uh, dogs get into as well. And then that also pairs into, you know, you've captured them and put them in a crate or captured them. Yeah. Especially if you a... get
1: mad at them. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. So then, That's, yeah. then dogs go just into pure avoidance, which is a training issue. But it comes out as a stress indicator yeah. as well. Right. They don't want to be caught. Right. Well, Dottie
1: putting her leash on. Yeah, that was stress. That, Dottie that, won't get on leash at the end well, of the run. Well, she stresses about the leash. Yeah, it's not me; it's the leash, or that's it, what I would like to it's think. The leash, and it's just um, everything going over yeah. her head. Or even, um, yeah, even the flinching. Dot's flinched for years now, and it makes it look like I I beat her, and I don't. I've never touched that dog in my life. I would, I, God, I'd never do that. But that stress as well of the flinching, and she's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and she's, um, very she's very just, sensitive. She just very sensitive in her things going over her head. Yeah. Well, and yeah. It, she it, always has. Yeah,
0: touching her her back. She's not a fan of it. She she'll if she comes in, you can pet her. But if you yeah. approach her, it's a whole different ballgame. Right. She's, Which is
1: not great when you're trying to get her back on leash.
0: Very difficult. um So yeah, yeah, you have that stress to keep working through.
1: Yeah, still do. Six years later, she's
0: gotten a lot better. Though. Well, she's gotten good. And it goes back and forth. I was telling somebody today that we take three steps in the direction that's we want and then one incident happens and we're right back to square one with her yeah she has such strong light bulb learning and we noticed it at 10 months yeah we we, we went on vacation and she was house sitting and from that moment on she had body sensitivity and we don't know yeah. what happened but um definitely from that moment on her sensitivity to body touching has been yeah, and,
1: yeah. and she's forever. such a little dog that the entire world just must be massive to her and yeah it's not gonna help but she's she's worked through it though i think like i wouldn't say that that debilitates her in agility at all she no, loves no, no. agility because because nobody touches her that's the whole point is that you don't touch the dog she's like this is great this is the greatest forever um right
0: and, and dog, working dogs it. don't like to be touched for one Right. So when dogs are working, when dogs are training, most most dogs don't like to be pet. You'll see them actively avoid their handlers um, petting because they want to do something else. Um, and it takes training to to teach them that. Well, I want to pet you now, right? Because there's a human component where we want right. to touch them. And so yeah, when she's running agility, she's totally fine. It's getting her back on leash. Yeah. Which is just manifested more and more, unfortunately, but that's okay.
1: We'll get through it. I, I think there's a magical solution out there one day and we'll just be like, yep. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep searching for it. So do we have yeah. any parting thoughts? Um, about I stress? don't think so. Yeah, I, don't know. I just stressed. thought it was really interesting. Um, do you ever hear that thing about horse people where they're like, Hey, if you're stressed, your horse can feel it. And I think that that's true. And I don't think it's something that you need to avoid. Like, if you're stressed, you don't have to suppress it as long as you're not, like, being cruel to your dog or, or something. Um, But I think that if you're stressed, you don't have to tamp that down. It's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: No, it's okay yeah. to be
0: anxious. It's okay to be
1: stressed. I am
0: st- okay stressed to have- about... Thoughts that you don't deserve to be here. It's okay to have all of that. It's yeah. okay to think that you're not as good. It doesn't yeah. mean that it's true. It, it it It's just a thought that passes it's through scary. your head. Elephant in the room is,
1: I think a lot of people have these thoughts.
0: Yeah, and so I, I can tell you that... that
1: aren't. I can tell you that I'm as stressed, if you put me in a trial right now at a local trial, I would be just as stressed for that trial than I would be in Europe tri- trialing on a team for, you know, the country. And I, it's kind of, it gets like to a threshold and it just sits there and it simmers. And so I think that I can guarantee you that if you're nervous and you're like, oh man, you know. I'll never get over it. You might not ever get over it because I've never gotten over my nerves, fragility, ever, ever in my life. But it doesn't stop me. I feel like I'm about to throw up every time. Every time I sit in that ring and I inch closer and closer, and every time I'm like, "Yeah, this is going to be the day that I throw up outside on ringside." <laughs> I throw up. Um, and I haven't yet. It's been 16 years and I haven't. So you carry a sick bag with you. I should yeah, just in case. Yeah, Daddy will be like, "What are you doing?" Gosh. Yeah. So yeah, my point being is that you don't have to shove them away the feelings. If you can work with them, it's okay. You can you can do agility. Yeah. So here, are, here are thoughts that go on in my head.
0: These are these are my stress anxiety mechanism, coping mechanism, and do
1: they work for everybody? I have no idea. Is one of them going to be the leg shaking? Because that makes me stressed.
0: (laughs) This is an anatomical motion on my part. Uh, (laughs) So what do I do? I learn people's names. That really helps Mm -hmm. me. I learn people's names. Um, I don't always memorize them, but I try my very best to to learn them. Um, I visualize the course, uh, my handling. I try and visualize that. I talk to myself exactly what I want to say to my dog. I try and talk to myself what, when I'm walking, I try and talk to myself. Don't forget to tell him around versus jump. Um, you know, whatever whatever skill I want, turning wise, tight turns versus gentle turns. I uh, try and cue him and I talk to myself in my walkthrough. Uh, if I get super nervous, I try and uh, smile for 30 seconds. I do do that. Uh, I do math in my head. I don't do that as much as I used to, but I'll do math in my head. Um, I'll renumber the course. I'll I'll go through while I'm standing there, and I'll mentally go through one through whatever in my head of what's next. So. Jump is one, jump is two, jump is three, A-frame is four, blah, blah, blah. Um. Oh, another th- strategy that I was taught is when I see a blue dot or something, you know, small and blue, I take in a nasal breath and let it out my mouth. So that in through the nose, out through the mouth. I think it's called box breathing. I don't know what it's called, but I think that's what it's called.
1: That's um, a good one. I
0: like that. Have you heard, is that what it's called, box breathing?
1: Oh, I don't know about the breathing oh. bit, but I liked your, you know, every time you, you know, see a certain um, thing. What else do I do? I
0: think Oh, about you know horse. another thing that I've learned? Here's a good hmm. one. So this one has actually been really, really beneficial to me. So when I see somebody that stresses me. So, you know, at times I there are people, there are actual people that trigger my stress or my anxiety. So when I see them or when I think about them, I try and follow it up with the visualization and or the actual physical doing it with my fingers of chopping them off. So cutting them out of my thought. Right. And so I, I get a little pair of scissors and I chop them off my thoughts. I don't chop them up. I but I try and write snip them away, let them go. Snip them away, let them like I'm letting them float down the river. <laughs> right. So they if I see them or if I think about them and I think of a, it causes anxiety or stress, I physically see myself cutting our relationship with scissors. That relationship's no more. Cut it off, let them go. Yeah. And that's actually worked really well for me. Sometimes it comes back. It's anyway, it's but in the moment it works well. All right. So that's it. Yeah. We're stressless now. Now I I'm stressed so. about posting this podcast. How will it be reviewed?
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh,
0: you got to not care. You yeah. got to not, you're going to put yourself out there. You got to not care what other people think. Yeah. It's, it's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to live a a solitary life? Nobody will bug you, but you want to put yourself
1: out there. If it all goes downhill, at least it's a story.
0: It's a story. And I have—I'm like a goldfish. I'll forget in thirty seconds.
1: Yeah. So that's all good.
0: All right, Em. I love you. All right, I love you. Bye, bye. (laughs) Ready.